0: Welcome to This New Life, I'm Thomas Higgins. On this episode, Alicia McGowan will be speaking to a SUNY New student who has an infant made the journey from Mexico to the United States. Jose Hernandez came undocumented, unknowing whether or not he would be allowed to stay. Now a green card holder, he strives to find the thing people are always searching for, the American dream. There's a cut I have on my body um, from a fence and, like, I didn't know how it got there till like, I started, like, putting two and two together. So it was, like, certain things, like, I'll have flashbacks or dreams about and not necessarily understand. Then when I talk to my mom about it, she'll tell me, like, certain stuff that, like, happens when you cross the border. And, um, like, certain smells you pick up on, um, certain, like, noises you pick on, you know, like, just flashbacks. My name is Jose Hernandez. Um, I'm originally from Mexico. My mom and dad had moved to the United States before me. Um, But my dad came back to Mexico to get me from my grandparents. And then it was just like a normal day. Um, From what I was told, he just came, picked me up, we said our goodbyes, and then we made our trip here to the United States. Yeah. In 2000, I believe. Yeah.
1: So can you tell me a little bit about Like your journey
0: here I've been told like we did cross like a desert Um, a lot of times there was a lot of bus travel sometimes we take like a taxi Um, I do remember staying at like a motel when I um, was in Texas I believe Um, had my first McDonald's meal actually there that's why I really like the quarter pounder but um was it I do remember my favorite part was when the taxi those black Lincolns you see in the city pulled up to like the entrance of where I used to live before um and all I can remember was like it was at nighttime um and we pulled up and I can see my mom in the window and like I still recognized her which was weird and then we ran up and like she was there so like I think it took a week for everything to go through um the journey took a week but it was a lot of fun seeing my mom after so long, because I think it was, like, two to three years.
1: What would you say was, like, the most challenging thing that week, coming here?
0: The hardest part was not knowing exactly why we were doing everything we were doing. My dad just kind of told me, like, oh, like, we're going to go see your mom, we're going to go see your mom. Never really told me, like, I didn't know what we were doing. I was, like, just following my dad, whatever he told me to do. Growing up, like, I would have flashbacks about that, like, when I would dream, um like the smell of dirt, um, like how certain metals feel.
1: What age did she tell you that you like crossed it with like your dad? Um, or like, what was like your reaction to that?
0: My reaction? So summer of eighth grade, um, I was trying to get a job and had and asked for my social security number. And at the time, like. I guess it never came up in conversation cause like she would always work um, and I was always in school or like taking care of my brother. So it was like, um, when I actually tried to apply for a job to like help my mama with like, you know, I was like 14. I was like, oh, like I see she has to pay the phone bill. Like I'll help her with the phone bill and get a job. And like during like eighth grade, like I heard that like, you can like work legally and stuff. So um, I tried applying for jobs in my school. I tried applying, like going through the whole process that everybody goes through and it was like, they were like oh you just need your social security number so i went to my mom and i was like expecting her to have the information she always has paperworks and um when we did it um she was just like you don't have one and i was like well why don't i have one and then she explained to me the whole story like oh like you weren't born here you're not like most of your like friends because you crossed the board you came over um illegally and like you don't have that documentation like your brother does because he was born here it was kind of confusing at first because I really didn't know the importance of it but the more I grew and the more research I did I noticed like it was more of a serious problem because like not only was there a fear of I'm never gonna find a job there was also fear of like what's gonna happen once I stop being a child you know because I have the privileges of a child of going to school like at least being able to go see a doctor for free and it was always like what happens when I become an adult like is college still even an option the dream became more and more of a dream than something I could possibly make a reality.
1: What was your role in your house growing up?
0: My father, um, um, I don't want to say abandoned the family, but it felt like that. Like he just disappeared. My because of that, my mom had to pick up more jobs so that she could pay for rent and all like the necessities we needed. She would always work like before I woke up, like she was already gone, and before I went to bed she wouldn't have come back from work yet so it was like my role shifted from being a kid and just being my brother's brother to kind of being like my brother's caretaker even then i was always like making sure my brother was okay um making sure he ate something making sure like um he was doing okay in classes helping him with homework and then when i became like 13 14 it was like i can pick him up from school um no even in fifth grade we started like i could just go and tell the teacher like "Yeah, yeah yeah my mom's over here I'm just taking him to her. Like, they'd be okay with it. But yeah, once I started growing older, it was more about, um, like, being the parent at home. I was able to find a job just, like, cleaning a store. So, like, that brought in a little bit more money. And so then it was, like, whenever my paycheck came, like, whenever they paid me in cash, it was just giving that money to my mom. Um, She doesn't... I'm not an expense to her anymore. She doesn't have to worry about, like paying my bills or paying anything for me. And, like, I still help her with whatever money I make here, I help her with back home.
1: Jose asked one of his neighbors on how to obtain a green card. She told him about an after-school program with a legal firm attached to it. Jose and a lawyer talked for four to six months.
0: Like, my case was, my dad's not around. I don't have any family members in Mexico who even know I exist, because my parents were very secluded from the family that they had back in Mexico. Um, so it was like, kind of like saying like what if I do get deported where am I gonna go this country is gonna be sending me somewhere where like I don't know anyone with nothing on me you know like just throwing me kind of like to the curb and with my dad not being around it was kind of like oh there's so much stress on the mother who also has a documented child how are we gonna separate that family she was just like make sure you don't get in trouble Make sure you stay on top of like, your grades, make sure you go to college if you end up do going, or at least serving this country in a way that is productive for it. And um, all, like, when it came to the actual court date, because it was three court days, because although my dad wasn't around, he still wanted to see if he would even show up. He didn't show up to the first court case, then he so happened to find out, I don't even know how. He happened to show up on the second court case, which kind of like ruined my chances of getting it because they were like, wait a minute, so he is around. And so then they kind of like stopped it for the third court case. And they were like, okay, like, we need to come up with a different story. When they did, it was, um, if your dad show up, he's gonna make his case on the third court case, he ended up not showing up. The lawyer was like, okay, I see how your scenario is more now that this happened. So I got my green card. ended up getting my social security number as well. And all I have to do now is wait five years from now. So I got it at 2014. So I have to do a five-year period with my green card. And then after five years, I can apply for citizenship, which is 2019. So soon. But, um, yeah, that was the process I went. It was very unique because at the time they were doing the whole DACA thing. Um, and a lot of people told me to do that. But I wanted to stick with this because this was something more permanent, you know. And I think if anyone wants to, like, go through this, it's more about, like, finding community resources that can assist you with this. Because there's so many ways to plea for you to stay here. You just have to, I guess, like, show the court and show America, like, you have potential to be here, you know. You're going to be a positive impact, Mm -hmm. you know. Because you never know. I never even thought I was going to be here. But luckily, things worked out. Again, I, I guess like my whole story has always been like stuff always happens for a reason. I've always been the first in my family to do something. So it's like first to go to an English speaking school, first to, to like take classes and this kind of like stuff. Because in Mexico, my parents never did anything. First to go to college, first to get like a legit American job, where like you get taxed and everything. I've never known where to go for help like someone directly in my family cause like it's all new to all of us what I'm going through. Before I even like got my green card but I was still in the process I was like I don't care what I have to do I'm gonna make sure I go to college at least somewhere you know. So then when I was applying um, my professor was like you know what like just put new poles, you never know like put safety schools. I ended up putting new poles as a safety school cause they did offer mechanical engineering and then when the acceptance letters came in it also came with the cost of attendance Unfortunately, when it came down to it, it was all about money. You know, if I had the money to go. And because at the time I, when I was applying and I submitted my applications, I didn't have a social security number. Luckily, when the acceptance letters came, New Paltz offered me the best plan to come here. It was affordable and it was close.
1: Do you ever plan on going, like, visiting Mexico again?
0: I actually went back twice since I've gotten my green card. Oh, cool. Um, the first time I went... I wanted to see where my family came from. Um, I had brought it up to my mom, and this was the summer between 12th grade and my first year of college. I have a little bit of money saved up, and like I know I have to pay for college, but could I take a trip to Mexico? Like She kind of cried a little bit because she was like, I didn't even know you were still interested in going. And I was like, I kind of want to know where you're from, like what your history is, like everything that I've heard growing up, how it's like. And so I bought a plane ticket and I ended up going. I went for 21 days, um, just like like seeing where my family came from, um, seeing the towns they grew up in, visiting where I was born was kind of crazy because like I don't remember anything about that, um, and just hearing stories about like the neighborhood and stuff, which was really cool. And then the second time I went was during one of my spring breaks, um, and it was to visit my mom's grandma. Um, she was feeling ill and like this was my mom's favorite grandmother like out of everyone she remembers in mexico that was her the grandma had like dementia so she didn't remember much um so like my mom wanted to pay tribute to that so she was like i know this is a lot to ask but like would you consider going to mexico just to say goodbye to my grandma for me and I was like, yeah, for sure, I'll go. I mean, it's another trip to Mexico, which isn't really that bad. Um, so I went, and when I got there, it was like really weird because I felt like I had known this person for so long. Because for some reason, I don't know, when I walked in the room, she resembled my mother a lot. Um, she was like already like tired, like she was like looking like she was like already gonna go. But uh, when I walked in, it was kind of like magical, like her eyes open, like she recognized me, like. Not recognize me, me, but like she was like, oh, you're you're Maria's son, right? And I was like, yeah. She was like, I've heard so much about you, and like I hope my granddaughter's doing well wherever she is. I just got to know, like she was able to come back in spirit. I know a lot of people, um, in my situation, well, like the situation I was before, kind of like are scared to like do anything because they don't know how it's gonna affect their lives. But um if this could be any inspiration to anyone to just like share their story with anyone, you know, it doesn't hurt. It's nice to see how other people like view what you went through and like kind of like destroying the stigma. Like a lot of people think the wall is just a wall. But um I've heard stories where like it's a river too, so it's like it's nice to know where people come from and why they are the way they are. You know, I never would imagine myself being here five years ago. And now I'm thriving on this campus, um, I'm thriving a lot like um, networking and stuff like, you know, I don't know where life is taking me, but I know it's going to take me somewhere I deserve to be.